0: Remember to visit us online, too, at BestEverU.com. And now here's your host, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, Elizabeth Hamilton-Garino.
1: Hello, hello, everybody, and thank you so much for listening to the Best Ever You Show. Give us a big warm welcome for head baseball coach Edwin Thompson of Eastern Kentucky University today. He's here with us, and, you know, in our continuous quest to interview the best of the best, boy, have we got a good guest today, a great guest today, the best guest today. Um, so looking forward to learning all about his journey. Um, he's been the head coach of Eastern Kentucky University for th- I think three years now, and he's got um, he's been a coach in college baseball for 14 years or or, or more. And so we're going to learn a lot. The goal of this show is to really inspire you at whatever level you're at, even if you don't like baseball. I bet there's something here for you today. To inspire you to be your best, because you don't get to where Coach Thompson is today without a lot of hard work. So, hello, Coach Thompson. Thank you for being with us today.
2: Oh, thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's an honor it- and a privilege to uh, to be on your show.
1: Yeah, thank you. It's sort uh, of a, a- a, a journey for you. I'm, I'm, you're, I'm in Maine here. I think it, a lot of people who listen know that I'm in Maine, and um, I was really surprised to hear that you're from Maine also, so it was pretty cool. I, I ran into a friend of yours, and that's how you kind of ended up on the show, <laughs> but Marcus Ogden right. is a former NFL guy, and he's coming on the show January 25th, and he said, hey, you know, one of my friends is a head baseball coach at Eastern Kentucky University, and you should have him on your show, and so here we are.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. Marcus and I went to uh, school together at Howard University, and uh, I've known him uh, since then, since 1998 when I graduated high school. So uh, it's a small world when when you kind of do it that way.
1: Yeah, it's it's awesome. So, I was. I we're going to respect time today. Um, we're going to do thirty minutes with you today, and then um, yes. if you would like to come on again to the show, I would just absolutely love to have you on. You know, six months from now or eight months from now, um, because I really I have this love of baseball coaches and football coaches and all these people who coach because you guys touch so many lives and the lives of. I call them kids because I'm almost 50. <laughs> but, you know, our our <laughs> children are in your hands. And um, you're touching many, many, many lives through your baseball academy, through your coaching, um, and, and all this wisdom. So um, it's it's important. I'd love to have you on again if you have more time. But thir- we're going to go 30 yeah, minutes absolutely. today. Okay. And okay. so what I'd love to do with the show is take you all the way back to you as a kid. Have sure. you always loved baseball? Like, take you back to yeah. your, like, five-year-old self. Can it go to kindergarten yeah. for me, even? Sure.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I think it, um, you know, my, I, I grew up uh, in, in Maine. So, for those that are born in Virginia, but we, my family, we moved up to Maine. And, um, you know, my whole, my family was a football family. My dad played football at the Hall of Famer at Delaware State University. Uh, both my brothers played college football. And so, you know, growing up at, at a younger age, it was football, but, you know, really, I started. I think you know, my mom um, playing football in my backyard, coming home from school at times, um, and that's kind of when I started my love. And then um, when the Red Sox lost in '86, uh, that was kind of a tough, tough moment at the time um, for me. But and I really started to love the passion when I started watching um, players like Ricky Henderson of the Oakland A's, and just I loved how he played the game. And, and I said, I want to do that. Ozzy Smith and, and players like that for that for for me. And I just fell in love, and I think probably around five, six, seven, eight, I I said I wanted to be in in baseball, professional baseball. You know, major leaguers was my dream, Um, and obviously, you know, coming from a small town, mill town of Jay, Maine, it it was, you know, people are like, okay, that sounds great, but, you know, what's the reality of that, how that's going to work? So, uh, growing up, I played three sports, four sports, sometimes as many as I could. I I think there was a time in middle school where I played um, football for my town, uh, soccer for my, my middle school, uh, basketball from my from my, my from my town. Uh, I skied from my from my middle school, and I did baseball and track because they you know. For, so I did six sports, and uh, I grew up in a roller skating rink. That's what our family business was. So I really had a, a great perspective of of a lot of sports, and I think that sometimes gets lost today in young kids. But for me, it was baseball was my love and it was my passion. Uh, and I was fortunate enough to to play in high school, uh, which not everyone gets a chance to do. And I had a great coach, and, and Coach Chris Bessie was my high school baseball coach. Uh, just encouraged me, never said, you know, yeah, I wanted to play Division One. I. I wanted to play professional baseball, and he never said no, and he just kind of supported, and I had a great support system of other coaches um, as well along the way, and it was just, uh, it was a lot of fun, and I got a chance to, to get a scholarship to go play at Howard University uh, in Washington, D.C., and um, it was really a, a great chance for me. I'm going from Jay May, and my first college game was at Arizona State University, and I think I went 0 for 6, and I made a couple errors, and uh, my dad was like, well, you can't get any worse from here. So uh, that was kind of, a, <laughs> so a, a, you know, my dad was tough love. And it was one of those moments where I was like, this is a lot harder than I thought. Um, but, you know, to get to the point of college, you know, growing up in Maine, you know, the season's so short. And, you know, I had, I had a little tea in, in my basement um, after basketball games. I'd make sure i get so many swings in every day. And uh, no matter what I was doing throughout the year, I was always trying to get better from a baseball standpoint uh, and then once I got to college, you know, it was, it was, it was very humbling, you know, it was very good players, and, and it was, um, you know, I'm a, I played class C baseball, which is a smaller class, and, you know, and, and it was um, overwhelming at the time. but once I got settled in, and I felt that I could play with anybody, you know, the confidence grew, and then my workout that kind of, you know, caught up, and I got, I got bigger, and which helped, and, uh, and then from there, I kind of bounced around for a couple colleges for different reasons, but I, I played at University of Maryland, because Howard dropped baseball, um, so I was, finishing up my my freshman sophomore year and they dropped end up dropping baseball so I had to find a new school to go play and I transferred over across town to University of Maryland and uh played there for a year and a half and you know it wasn't a, a situation it was at the time I had to do some things uh and then up down at, at Weber University down in Florida and um you know in my dream of the whole time was still to play professional baseball and so once I finished playing for um for, for school we had a great great year um you know, we were top 25 in our league, and got a chance to play uh, actually independent ball in Maine, which was probably the best experience. Um, reaching a dream, reaching that, you know, making that phone call to my fo- my mom and my brothers, and let them know that I made, you know, got I'm getting paid to play, and and just kind of sense of accomplishment of all the work and sacrifices that you know my family had to make, and and everybody. So it was really um, a, quite the journey to get to that point. And then then it was another humbling experience, you know, of playing professional baseball and. Realizing that you know maybe made, made making to the big leagues may not be in my cards, so uh, that's kind of when I first started getting into coaching during that off season. So uh, my first year of 2003, um, and it was just you know I was trying to make some money in the, uh, to initially, but then my love for for coaching kind of started.
1: Can I bring you back to one thing that you said that struck a chord for me that I just want to point out to people? You said. I I was fortunate to play in high school. Mhm. People realize yeah. how fortunate they are to play in high school because don't isn't there like a significant drop off when you go from like little league to middle school to high school?
2: Yeah.
1: Can you explain yeah. that oh. a little bit? Cuz that that sure. struck I mean, me. I'm like fortunate to play in high school, No, there's not yeah. there's something I wonder if a lot of people think about.
2: Yeah, I mean, it started for me My I got cut as a sixth grader in middle school and that was the the toughest point in my life where I was like baseball is all I knew. And, you know, my buddies were made the team. I didn't make the team. And I was so crushed. And I, I just was – I said, this is not going to happen again. So, you know, I set a goal next year to make my middle school team. And then I – that seventh, eighth grade, I did that. And then I said I wanted to make varsity baseball as a freshman, which it's very hard to do uh, in most programs. And, you know, we had a good team. And, and so the numbers drop off. I think um, the numbers that are playing from their freshman from, – from Little League to their senior year – I mean, it's only about a hundred thousand or a couple hundred thousand kids around the country, so it, it's it's hard. And then to not only to start, you know, as as a freshman, but to finish your senior year. I think we started off maybe had twelve kids, and in my senior year, we may only had two or three uh, of kids that actually finished baseball their senior year. So it's a privilege and you know, it's an honor. I, you know, kids sometimes think that they you know they want to play in the big leagues. Well, they got to make the high school team. They got to be the best player for your high school team and then, you know, to play in college, you know, on some level. So, yeah, it, it, it was a lot of work just to get to make it to my high school team. And that was, I was happy to make the varsity team. And then, you know, each time I set another goal um, to try to reach up the next level, try to start, be a starter and then try to be the best player in my, my team and then the league. So, you know, each, each along stop along the way, I've always had, you know, I always have goals that I have and I still have them, you know, I was moving recently and I, I found a few of them and I I always write them down and sign my name cause I want to own it. And, uh, you know, so it, it's good. Now, I wasn't scared to tell people, too, that I wanted to play professional baseball. I, I would tell people, my teachers, I'd write about it. You know, so I, let, I let them know, and I, I was I was one that I wasn't scared to say, well, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to find a way to get it done. And that's always been my mentality to let, you know, to not only write it down and own it myself, but also to say, hey, people that are my support system, this is my plan of action to get there. Because um, a lot of people can talk about it,
1: but you got to have action to, behind that
2: to reach those goals. So. No.
1: I had a, another coach on a few weeks ago, Coach Durba from the University of Maine, and it, it, now this is the second time I'm hearing like own it, like own that written piece of paper whatever's on it. And for him it was his signature. Mm-hmm. Somebody um a coach or something and I think it was in high school or middle school even for him said, you know, you know, if you're going to sign your name, sign it like you mean it, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um and but he talked about a lot about goals too and and writing them down, and you know all the important goals. So I really, I really like that. And I I hope people heard what you said because it's insight into success. Um sure. And we're the best ever, you show. So we're trying to help people be as successful as they can be, and that's that's huge, right there. So you not only had goals that you had them in mind, but you wrote them down, you signed your name to them, and you told people about them.
2: Yeah, and I, I revisit them. You know, I think you know, like there's always that theory, of, you know, you you can't eat an elephant all at one time, which I, you know, I, I kind of relate it to, to when I talk to my players because they don't know about an elephant. I hope sometimes they just, I talk to them, if they're going to go to a buffet, you know, you can get all the food you want, but you got to kind of break it down slow so you don't get stuffed up and only get one or two plates. So that, cause that's 18 to 22 year old players. They eat a lot of food. So, you know, when I have goals, you want to set up, you know, weekly goals, daily goals, uh, monthly goals, three, three, six months, and a year goals is kind of how I've always done it. Um, and just kind of attack those goals and, you know, if that's, if that's being, a, you know, for me, I, I want to be a better math student. You know, I needed to work at it. You know, if you want to be a better, you know, whatever it is, you have to work at that, you know, with an intent of, 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 of achieving that goal.
1: How do you, um, what, or what do you, let me phrase this right. Um, this might come out choppy, so pardon it. But, you know, when somebody's got raw talent and they just mm-hmm. are, how do you take someone who has raw talent and then refine and add to it to make them be even better? Somebody who's always well, al- already really good, and then that sure. next level. There's a there's a real fine separation I'm noticing um, mm-hmm. between what makes people really excel.
2: Sure. Yeah. I think the the short answer, the best answer, I think, in my experience, and like I said there's no. I mean, there's no right answer. This is 14 years in of, you know, of trial and error. Um, the one thing is, there you have a good player and have some really talent. You know, one, you don't want to mess that up. <laughs> um but then you know that's that's the best coaching you can do is kind of step back a little bit and let them kind of take their talents and kind of help you um become a great coach so to speak but the the, the, what you want to do is evaluate each individual i take every player and they're they're all different and they they learn differently and so then i just kind of assess what the limitations are you know where where can they get better what areas can can they because everyone wants always talks about how good they are or this and I'm I'm one that kind of says, I'm, I kind of try to be honest and, and open and direct and say, okay, you, right now you're a good player at this part, but this part of your game is not where it needs to be. So let's work at this part of the game, continue to enhance your other part, but then really try to focus on the things that, that don't. And I think it's a fine line, like you said, because you don't want them to overthink things. And I've been fortunate to have some really good players and some really smart players, and sometimes they overthink um, i'm a very simple person i kind of keep things very basic you know when i was coaching middle school basketball a lot of the same philosophies and principles um i, I use now and, and just it keeps it uh, able to connect with with each player so just want to find what makes them what what's the, what makes them work and then you can kind of take some of their limitations and try to try to take them to the strengths
1: yeah i noticed um i've met you once before at a at a camp, just briefly, but uh, and mm-hmm. so I haven't really talked to you all that much or anything like that ever. Um, and I, what I notice about you, uh, you use the word humble, and you are a person who. I can read your achievements off here. The guys everybody listening there on the radio show, it's posted with the show. There's a lot of things <laughs> Coach Thompson has done here, including like GP, you know, helped the team get a well the kids do it, but you know, you do too, the team GPA of 3.1 every, you know, semester, GPAs for the whole team 3.0 or higher. Um you're on the American Baseball Coaching Association Ethics Committee you have a hundred percent graduation rate of players that aren't playing professional baseball. Um, you know, during the t- during their time at EKU, you've I mean, you've won volunteer things, you're you know, you're a starting pitcher for the Toronto Blue Jays, you've got all Americans, you've got M L B guys. I mean I could go on and on and on really. Yeah. But you know, I don't hear you going, Yep, I did that, I'm so cool you know, kind of thing. What I notice is a really quiet, humble um attitude. Where does that come from? Why are you like that? And is that something teachable to other people? Mm, good question.
2: Short and real quick, uh my former pitcher is sorry, stri- pitcher for the Toronto Blue Jays, Marcus Stroman. That's not me, so Oh, I
1: thought it was you. Uh, okay, I'll, sorry.
2: Yeah. yeah oh, no, I, I, I moved that. Okay, okay, sorry. Yeah. No, yeah, no worries. Still um, cool whoever yeah, it the, is. <laughs> yeah, well, it's one of my former players, so that's kind of kind of a right. little bit. Um, but you know, the being humble, I think it comes, I have a great upbringing. I had two amazing parents. I had two brothers that were, I looked to, um, and I had a great support system. Then, you know, at the end of the day, I was taught at a young age that you respect everybody for who they are and not what they are or what they have. And I think that's always been my approach to life is is to really, you know, no matter, I've had some great accolades, but ultimately it's not about me. It's all about my players um it's about my my great assistant coach that i've had i've had you know great support administration so a lot of the things are are, are kind of take care of themselves but to be humble i think you can have certain things that you've done in your life but that does isn't what defines me as a person so i always kind of think those are that's my job and i love my job i have a passion for my job and and i love being a coach and impacting young people that's why i got into it and so along the way I've had some great success and those are things, but a byproduct of all the the, the foundation that I've had growing up. And I think that's really um, just kind of kept me grounded. And I think, you know, I have a great support system at home. I have an amazing wife and, and, and who keeps me grounded all the time and, and I have great friends. And so um, being humble is just, just kind of just is what I know. And, you know, my parents, we were very simple and, and humble people. And my dad was a hall of famer and he could have done some cool things and, all these things my mom was an amazing teacher is it, is it you know was an amazing teacher for 30 years and you know they just went out to business and treated people with respect and I think you know that was kind of how what I saw and so my environment really prepared me to have uh, the position I am today and it was really um, unfortunate to have that and so I think being humble is just is just taking uh, appreciation to the the process and the journey or whatever that is for each individual person so uh, my journey has been I'm very humbled and you know, I'm the only division one head coach from Maine, you know so i'm I, i'm i'm a, you know b- defining the odds in a lot of different ways and so um I'm just thankful and grateful for opportunity and I think in life if you take advantage of the opportunity and you do the best that you can, you know no matter what the result is you can feel good about it so um that's kind of how I've always been all
1: right as you're talking, I have questions stacking up in my head here um but <laughs> I wanted to talk talk about um keep keeping going with the with the humble thing. Isn't it fun when you meet somebody that you really admire like say it's one of your guys who plays in the MLB now or whatever mm-hmm. and they're not a disappointment to meet like they've taken the time like with you I think of all the like all these little kids who come up for autographs and things like that and and sometimes people will find them and sometimes they won't it's situational and I get it and everything like that but it is so fun for me even as an adult to meet people and and meet an idol or somebody you just really respect and have them be humble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, cool. I think
2: it, that's the, you know, for me, when I was at a young age and my teachers can vouch for this, I I probably on the back of my papers signed my autograph more than anybody that in the history of my coming up to the school because I wanted to have my, my signature perfect. So when I got that chance for a kid to ask me for my autograph which I was a big autograph collector and anytime a a player that I liked would give me an autograph, I thought it was the best thing. And I was, you know, and now to this day, I make sure our players and myself, we make sure that we sign every autograph for any kid that wants it, win or lose. And I think that shows that that character, uh, when things don't go well, you're still going to sign autographs. And I remember when I played, um, professionally, I got, you know, and I was a hometown guy, if you will, I was playing in Maine and I was getting paid to play, but, So I would talk as many autographs as I could because I I was appreciative of somebody saying, hey, I want your autograph. And, you know, so um, I I was fortunate to have that, but it's very good. And, like, for me, for that moment, I guess I had a – I worked at Duke University, and um, I don't know if you – Coach um, McCauley Palumbo, uh, who's from Maine, from Brunswick, who's the head women's basketball coach, kind of took me under her wing and and was a mentor to me. And I just was so uh, thankful for her time to – you know, to look out for me for as another Mainer, but also, I mean, she's so, um, you know, a, a special, like a high, high-end high coach on the top coach in, in, in women's basketball at the Division One. and so for her to take time, so that was a like, moment for me, Is like, no matter, you know, she was, you know, she's Coach P, she's, you know, at Duke, and and done all these things in Final Fours and Championships when she used to coach at Maine, and so I've seen her and watched her, so people like that in my life, I, I'm just... You know how can I how can I not be humble and and because I've you know I'm fortunate and grateful for my stuff the things you, you listed but at the end of the day I'm just the same person I, uh, that I was when I grew when I graduated high school at J High School in 1998 and I think that hasn't changed and because I just want to be me and uh, if people like me that's great and if they don't that's okay too so I always focus on the ones that love me and care about me
1: <laughs> exactly yeah. um, Okay, so 14 years coaching, so we've got four at UMaine Farmington, two at Bates, which is a great Mm D3 school here in Maine, two years at Duke, three years at Georgia State, and now in your third year as head coach at EKU, or Eastern Kentucky Mm -hmm. University. What comes to mind for me is what are your goals? I'd love to have some insight into what you're (laughs) thinking as far as, goals for, you know, Eastern Kentucky University, if you, ha- mm-hmm. if you have goals of, like, coaching in the MLB or, I mean, what are you thinking?
2: Sure. I, you know, I'm always a person. I'm, at, I'm I'm where my feet are and I think that's number one. Uh, I never, you know, when I was at University of Maine at and, um you know, I, I made that my, my dream job and every job that I've had since then, I've been fortunate to have great people around me, great support. Um, so I've always looked at the now. I, I, t- yesterday's gone, tomorrow's not here, today is, is here. So, each day is a new challenge. Each day is a new opportunity to, to improve. Um, but my goals are simple. Every day, um, you know, I'm, I want to be the best best father, best husband that I can be, best son, best brother. You know, I'm a, I'm a person and human first. And then from a coaching standpoint, you know, I want to give give the maximum energy, you know, every single day. My players always joke, they're like, Coach, you know, how do you not drink coffee? You have so much energy. And I, I mean this. I wake up with life, you know, um, my passion is my alarm clock, and, and those are things that I I genuinely, it, it shows out when I when I talk to my players and I recruit players and so I really love impacting young people. You know when I first started this back in you know when I was 23 24 and I started coaching I just want to impact young people and to help them um reach their goals. And if that's want to be a doctor be a doctor, if that's want them to to um strive to be the best baseball player, that's awesome too and that's a that's a bonus, but most of them don't always make it. So my goals are simple to make sure that I and give the best energy I can every day to help um, each individual and hold them accountable. Uh, I think a lot of times kids uh, aren't held accountable. And I think being held accountable when things go well or or don't go so well, that's okay too. And so um, daily goals, uh, but, you know, graduating our players, you know, making sure they're, they're good men, they're good people. Uh, And then the baseball or the goals are always going to be, you know, qualify for a champion conference tournament, make it win a championship, go on a run in the NCAA tournament, You know, those are always goals. But I think uh, each day getting better and try to be a better team and better person from the start to finish of our season. If we can do that, we can look back at our journey and we can really say, well, what 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 did we just accomplish? Yeah, sometimes, you know, the the reality of my job is I'm judged on wins and losses, and that's that's how I I provide for my family. But at the end of the day, you know, my success is when five, ten years from now, kids are going to call me and say, Coach, you impacted my life. You know, you helped me out along the way. You helped me get into law school. You helped me get into med school. And so that's my goal. And My goals are there, and so individually, you know, that's what I want. I want to be, you know, the best at what I do uh, no matter where I'm at and how I'm going at, but as far as coaching at the next major leagues or things like that, I'm very happy where I'm at. I'm very fortunate to have a great president and administration to support what I do and have a great staff and great players, so it's a great place where I'm at.
1: So can you talk a little bit more about – do you, do you say EKU or Eastern Kentucky University? Which one do you yeah, like?
2: EKU. Yeah, EKU. EKU, okay.
1: So that's, that's kind of what's going on in my head, and that's the way I see it a lot. Um, how has the program changed since when you arrived to now? And can you talk about your coaching staff, some key players? You know, just just give us a rundown on, on baseball.
2: Sure, yeah. I mean, I think um, we've been very fortunate. Uh, and kind of, you, you had it earlier about – I had some really talented players. Well, we had, I've had four kind of back-to-back players that have been conference player of the year and I had two players lead the country in home runs in Division One the back-to-back years. So that made me a really good hitting coach. I didn't really mess them up too much. Um, we had some amazing individual success. We haven't had the team success, you know, in, in a way. We've had the most wins back-to-back years in the last, you know, five or six years. Um, you know, obviously, there, we haven't made, made the postseason, so that's kind of a goal for us this year. Uh, We have a lot of returning players. We have a kid named Alex Holderback who's, um, you know, going to be a preseason all-conference type player. We have a four-year senior, and our center fitter, Danny McFarland, has a chance to to be a really good player, a chance to play professional baseball. You know, we we have a few pitchers um, that have done some really good things. And I think, you know, for me, from the baseball standpoint, that's always been my easiest part to coach. I think we've changed the mindset and the culture since we've gotten there as a staff. Um, to have, you know, uh, like I said, we've had 11 semesters in a row with 3.0, uh, which I'm very proud of. We just had a 3.2 team GPA in the in the, in the fall, so 28 out of my 36 players had over 3.0, and I think that's that says a lot about the players. But my coaching staff, we all have individual um, um, players, and we have bi weekly meetings to make them, you know, check in on how they're doing, because at the end of the day, they're going to be. It's a 40 year decision when you come to college, so it's not just coming to come to play baseball it's going to be what are you going to do after baseball at some point you're going to put the bat and the ball down so uh, we changed that we, we last year we did over a thousand hours of community service um, which that's helps him develop as a person so i think those areas are the biggest that i'm proud of that we've changed and i think this year being my third year i'm excited hopefully to turn the corner from the wins and losses on the field which i think will be a, you know again the foundation is really where we need to be
1: you had you talked about there was a pivoting moment uh, a pivotal moment in your life where you changed to coaching can you talk mm-hmm. about that a little bit because i'm i'm always i'm again i'm old you know i'm a mom of four boys you know sure. i i've i've seen kids my own kids cut from everything <laughs> seen <laughs> just everything uh, you know you think you've seen it all but you haven't really but mm-hmm. it, it, what i always stress is you know at some point there is really going to be a point where maybe you aren't an athlete and what are you going to do. And for some people that might be years from now, for some people it might not be. And so it's it's of concern sort of um for me, like as as a parent, for example, um, or just seeing you know, just just hearing and seeing and being around it a little bit. You know, you, you just see it more and more where people are very aggressively athlete and they forget about the student part or what they're going to do in the future. And um, you don't want it's to, a, it's a it's a squishy line because you don't want to dream squash either. So how right. do you deal with that? And, how, you know, I'm definitely, I'm far from a dream squasher. I'm like, you go for it. Like if I had been one of your teachers in high school and you said you wanted to do whatever you're going to do, it's like, heck, yeah, go for it. And how can yeah. I support you? And I think you're that way too. But there was a moment where you realized, okay, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do this instead, and I'm going to be quiet. But can you talk about that kind of? add everything yeah. in there that i'm kind of chiming in about too because it's it's a huge deal
2: yeah it it is and i think nobody wants to hear no nobody wants to hear that you know you didn't make the team or you didn't get the job or you didn't get the promotion i mean i think nobody it's just human nature i mean i think everyone wants to hear yes and so i've been very fortunate i, I think i told you my, my dad and my family was very tough and, and, and tough love um, but they would say no sometimes and i think and they would say, okay, here's, if you want to do this, here's how you have to do this. And no one's going to give you anything in life. And I think um, for me, sometimes people you know, always say, you know, live with regrets. When I finished, I got released in 2004 from playing in the minor league baseball, uh, it, I, I was crushed. I mean, that was all I, all I knew at the time. It's all I wanted to do. And I just really, you get humbled. And so it goes back to that humble part. When they say no, then you say, okay, well, what's next? What team is going to pick me up next? And then, so, but then you start to kind of, I remember I had a two hour drive home. Uh, I'll never forget this. I drove home from Bangor, Maine, uh, from spring training and I didn't, I had no, I didn't know where to go. I just went back to the place that I, I was comfortable, which was my high school. And I went on the baseball field and they had practice probably around three o'clock and I got there around one and I was just on the mound. And I was just, I never forget. I was just cleaning the mound, organizing, you know, helping the field up, Just kind of like I normally would if I was you know, playing, but my high school coach, Chris Bessie came out and he's like, what are you doing? You know, I thought you had practice or, you know, spring training He's like, no, just guy released. And, you know, that was kind of a, a tough moment to tell my high school coach who, you know, supported me came to see me play. But that was a moment where he also said, he's like, well, you want to, you want to help out? And I just kind of turned the corner and I was like, yeah. And that was comforting. And so yeah. for me, my gift and my passion was to, okay, right now I'm in a tough moment. I just, you know, it's very prideful, I'm going to help out somebody else, maybe reach their dream. And so for me, that was a moment where I was like, okay. And then once I got into it, cause I already had that experience coaching in the wintertime, but that spring I really kind of springboarded my passion for coaching. And I just couldn't get enough of it, I think. Um, so, you know, it's okay to hear no. And, you know, I think over my course of my career, I've heard, I've heard no about 100 or more times in interviews or even applications before I got, a, a, you know, a handful of yeses. And so – um, you know in life you can't assume there's certain jobs that I applied for that I thought I could get because you know I was, hey I was here or there but for me I think uh, finding that passion whatever that is for anybody out there just go for it because once you find it, it it's I don't go to work I go I, to, I mean I I have things in my job that's work related but in them a baseball coach coaching 18 to 22 year olds helping them reach their dreams of, of, of obviously playing professional baseball but being being a successful person in life, and so that period of time was a very big part of my life. And so from there to now, it's been an amazing journey, and you know it's been kind of a, a fun ride to look back at it. It's funny at times, but it's been it's been awesome.
1: Thank you very much. Um, we're gonna we're running out of time, but thank you so much for sharing that because you know it's an it's an element of vulnerable, and I don't know if you wanted to go there or not, but I think that right. that right there will help so many people because it's a majority. Of people that are are in that spot at some point, I I think Mm -hmm. I think that applies to like everything (laughs) in life. When you're doing something and it doesn't quite work out, and you're like, where do I go next? I love how you handled that situation, and I think that that's a real teachable thing for people um, listening. And Mm -hmm. we have a very young audience too um, that listens to Best Ever You, so I hope everybody heard that. And I may take parts of this show. And um, transcript them out so that you can read it also, and so it's on the internet. If you don't mind, are you okay with me doing that?
2: Sure, absolutely. do okay. I don't want to help out anybody. I think that's what. Yeah, it's about. I
1: think that's that's key, and I think too that you're the type of person that if somebody is at that moment, they could just even reach out to you, and you could no direct problem. whether they know you or yeah, not. I
2: mean, reach out. I mean, I have people. Um, you know, people always say that I'm I have a, I'm kind of a life coach at times. I mean, I, obviously being <laughs> a baseball coach, you you get a wide range of. Experiences with 18 to 22 year olds of life. And I think um, no matter what situation, I try to just look at each individual and just try to help them out, no matter what, they're, what it is or where they're from. So, I, people all at different times reach out to me from different, different all, all, so anytime people want to help out, stuff's all public on the internet. So, more than welcome to reach out if you need a, need a okay. help or a question or anything.
1: And what's your Twitter handle again? Because so a lot of people are on Twitter.
2: Sure. Do you yeah, know? I it?
1: think that's a good uh, yeah, Yes,
2: EKU uh, Coach T.
1: Okay, perfect, and um, I'll make sure that's with the show and everything. Thank you so much. What a cool story of how you got to where you are. So inspirational, and thank you for teaching us a lot about baseball. I'm sorry for screwing up the Toronto Picture thing. <laughs> no, that's I got all right. it now. No, I got to. I have to move a space yeah. back to fix that yeah. in the yeah. show title. In the show description, yeah, it's, Marcus, it's pretty Marcus funny. Marcus I got that Jones wrong, but anyway, I'll stuff. fix that so it's right. And um, thank you so much for your time. And good luck to you guys. Good luck to your team, your coaching staff, everybody. Um, wish you the best of luck in your season and uh, your your postseason. Everything that you're going to do this year, because that's a huge goal, yeah. right?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's the plan. We'll be there in postseason. That's, that's our goal. So awesome. thanks for having me on, and thanks for
1: all the listeners out there. And uh, like
2: I said, if I can ever help, reach out via Twitter or anything like that. love to help. So thanks again. All
1: right. all right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And um, it's kind of cool. We're going to be back next Thursday with Marcus Ogden. So, hey, you know, friend, we got Friends shows coming up here. And um, so I, I'm really excited about that. I love it when we have athletes and coaches and these people who operate at this highest, best self level, um, and then have the ability to articulate some of the things that they do to help us be successful. Like I love the part where um, Coach Thompson talked about how he deals with goals. Um, because a lot of people kind of go through life in motion and they may or may not have goals. And he was talking about how he not only has goals, but he writes the goals down, he signs his name, and then he also verbalizes those goals with other people, um, which I think is huge. I've always said that because if you if you have a goal and nobody knows about it, um, it, sometimes it takes a lot of people to help you reach that goal and a huge support system. And so I think verbalizing goals is huge. And um, so anyway... Lots of insight there, and thank you, Coach Thompson, for being with us. That was Coach Thompson. He's the head baseball coach of Eastern Kentucky University. Uh, He's been a college coach for 14 years now. He's from Maine, which is really cool, from J. Maine. And um, we just thank him so much for his time, and thank you so much all for listening. Um, The Best Ever You Show has your support when you listen and share the show. We don't do any advertising. We're all grassroots. We're at a about 3.5 million downloads now so keep sharing keep sharing the love and if you have somebody that you want me to interview and bring here uh as a guest to share their story just let me know i'm on twitter at best ever you that's y-o-u at the end of that so best ever you and i'd be more than happy to bring on your friends your family whoever you think is doing something inspirational that helps other people be their best i'm all about it so all right take care everybody thanks so much for listening and have a great day
0: Thanks for listening to the Best Ever You Show. Want more? Visit us at besteveryou.com. Be your best and keep it real. Confident, successful, caring, and beautiful every day with Best Ever You.